I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome. Welcome. To Warriors Wrap Up. Wrap up. Bob Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Guy with the rebound to Fox. Fox stops at the three-point line, takes another one. He's got another one. He's got 38. He is just in a zone right now. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox was in a zone for the Sacramento Kings tonight as he goes for a career-high 44. The Warriors led 37-35 at the end of the first quarter, but he took the ball game over. De'Aaron Fox did in the second, along with Tyrese Halliburton, the rookie, and uh, 37-24 Sacramento in the second quarter, and uh, the Kings would take the game over at that point and roll the Golden State Warriors tonight. 141 to 119 is the final in this one. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. So the Warriors now 22 and 23. That's right. They're under 500 for the first time. You got to go all the way back to. January the 1st, that's right, New Year's night, the Golden State Warriors were 2-3 and three after they lost their home opener to the Portland Trailblazers. They got to 3-3 three and three the next game as Stephen Curry went for 62 uh, against those same Blazers. And then the Warriors beat the Kings the following night, uh, blew them out inside Chase Center. They were 4-3. and three. The Warriors have uh, seven other times played a game where they've been exactly 500 and they had won seven straight uh, in those games. But tonight, that string comes to an end. And uh, let's be honest, it was a rough, rough night defensively for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, offensively, 119, you'll take that. You like that. But giving up 141 to the Sacramento Kings uh, with some offensive firepower, but uh, not the, the most deep of teams. And, and they let De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton just go wild uh, in this one. And uh, they lose it 141 to 119. We'll hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, over the course of the next hour here. But I, I want to give the people uh, a little bit of an opportunity to, to vent tonight because I, I'm having a tough time here with, with this one uh, as the Warriors get blown out. Uh not a great night for James Wiseman. Uh, I think everybody within the Warriors organization uh, would admit that this was one of the rougher performances uh, of his young career and, and maybe another case where the stops and starts uh, continue to to hurt him uh, and hurt his development uh, over the, the course of this season. Uh a struggle. I mean, Rashawn Holmes really took it to him. Holmes is having a nice year. He's a veteran, uh, and and you know he he can bother. You know, even some pretty good centers, let alone uh, those that that are in the the early going of the career, uh, like James Wiseman is. And then Nico Mannion tonight. We can talk about the the offense from Nico Mannion which was solid, a, a career high for Mannion, nineteen. He knocked down five of eight from three, but. It was a rough night for Nico Mannion defensively uh, tonight as he was matched up with, with Fox quite a bit. I know Wiggins was on Fox uh, at, at different stretches of this basketball game. But I, I kind of chalked tonight up with Stephen Curry out, and the Warriors now 1-5 without Stephen Curry on the season. And I, I, I think, hey, this is going to be tough. And you find out 90 minutes before the game that Draymond Green's going to be out, and it's going to be even tougher at that point uh, for the Warriors to get a win. And 
I don't want to say they they had everybody fooled necessarily, but I think these are the kind of games where uh, you look at the way the Warriors were able to be competitive against Memphis, come storming back after getting down big uh, against Philadelphia, the team with the best record in the Eastern Conference, to make that a competitive game into the middle of the fourth quarter before the Sixers put the clamps down and put the Warriors away. And I think at times, uh, because the Warriors had been so competitive in those games, you start to think, hey, the Warriors can be competitive every single night, even without Stephen Curry, and now tonight without Draymond Green. And the reality is, and and I think I said this to Covey on Tuesday night, the longer you have to play without Stephen Curry, uh, the the eventually you're going to run into one of these games, even against an opponent like the Sacramento Kings, who are beneath the Warriors uh, in the standing. So I, I chalk a night like tonight up, to it's part of what player development is. Like, it, it's part of, hey, the Warriors are in a tough spot right now with, with the injuries and, and, and the illness to, to Draymond Green, so they've shifted toward, uh, hey, Jordan Poole's going to start, and Nico Mannion is the backup point guard now. You saw a, a greater indication of even that with Brad Wanamaker being traded to the Charlotte Hornets in a trade that became official late uh, tonight uh, in the ballgame after uh, it, it was approved uh, earlier today. And, and so it's it's Nico Mannion's show as far as as far as being the backup point guard now. And he comes out and plays 30 minutes tonight and scores the basketball and knocks down shots, and you can see his feel for the game. But the flip side of that is is the defense. Uh, and you're going up against somebody that, that can score at a high level and is, and is playing extremely well, and De'Aaron Fox, and is fast and quick as anybody in the league and can get to the basket and can pull up from the mid-range. And it's it's a learning moment uh, and, and type of a, a game for a guy like Nico Mannion. Uh, Jordan Poole, another rough shooting game for Jordan Poole in this one as he shoots 5 of 13 for, for 17 points. But uh, not to be harsh about it, but I just think it's kind of part of the deal uh, for, for, for a team that, that suddenly finds themselves in this position where player development is more of a focus. And I get it. The Warriors have, have kind of gone back and forth, I feel like, with the messaging uh, at times this year, right? James Wiseman starts at the beginning of the year, and it's and it's about player development for him, but you're trying to win. He gets taken out of the starting lineup. Steph starts going off and playing at an MVP level, and the Warriors figured out, I think, the best rotation to try and win some games. They built themselves up to a 19-15 and 15 record. Jordan Poole was sent to the G League to work on his game. And at times, it's appeared as if the Warriors were really trying to put things together to win as many games as they possibly can. Uh, and at times, it's felt like when things haven't maybe gone as well, the Warriors have shifted gears to, all right, it's about player development. And lately, it's felt really like they've they've kind of gone back and forth uh, between the two based on that night's circumstances. And I think these last couple of nights, it's been uh, really more about player development. And that's going to be uh, a scenario where you're going to take your lumps uh, if you're a young player. And I think as a team, this Warriors group is just going to have to take their lumps from time to time. And that means losing and in, in what frankly, to the box score and to the eye, and if you're waking up tomorrow and you're looking at the scores, is, is an embarrassing, embarrassing uh, score to, to lose to the Sacramento Kings 141 uh, to 119. So 888-957-9570. Uh, Wiseman with one of his worst games. But again, for me, it's just kind of part of the deal. He's got to go through it and and Juan Toscano-Anderson at one point tried to pick him up and said, hey, you got to keep going. You got to keep playing. And I, I think... All of Wiseman's struggles now are going to benefit the youngster later on uh, in, in his career. I, I think Nico Mannion getting cooked by De'Aaron Fox, who's uh, in his fourth year playing at, at, a, at a borderline all-star level, that's going to help him moving forward. And you take the good with the bad, and the good tonight was maybe the offensive game uh, from somebody like Nico Mannion. So 888-957-9570. Uh, let's get to body blow uh, on the phone lines uh, body Blow in Colma, you're up first here tonight on Warriors Wrap-Up uh, with J.D. What's going on, Body Blow? Uh, good evening, J.D. Yeah, I, I was uh, agreeing with everything you're saying. But, the, you know, the, I was just wanted to talk about uh, Tyreek Halliburton. 
how uh, the rookie center looked great shooting threes. And I, I was just thinking the same way if, if Wiseman was allowed to work on his perimeter jumper instead of low posting, he, he still doesn't look good, feel comfortable low posting. And then if he was given the time, like Halliburton, to, to work on that jumper, they would have probably been at the same pace right now with their outside jumpers. I don't know. That, that's all I was thinking. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the call. Look, Tyrese Halliburton's a combo guard. And James Wiseman's a big man. And, and look, James Wiseman, I will say this, throughout this early going of the, the season and, and as the season has progressed and we're, we're now in the home stretch here, at least getting close to it, uh, Wiseman does look more comfortable shooting from the outside, facing up, getting down in the dunker spot, maybe taking lobs. Where he looks his least comfortable is when he gets the ball in the low post and he's asked to go to work. And, and make moves and and try to try to play one on one in in that particular area like that that's when he looks that's when he looks his worst and and so I, I think the warriors are, are are trying to find ways to feed him but but the truth is I think tonight in part you miss draymond green both ways you miss draymond green defensively as your middle linebacker the captain of your defense a guy that's switching out on everybody, a guy that's making sure people are in the right spot, a guy that's going to help make the, the right switches and, and get guys in the right positions to where you don't let uh, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton run wild. So Draymond defensively, it, you miss him there. But offensively, Draymond Green is one of the few guys that I think looks to get the ball to James Wiseman in some of those positions where James Wiseman is more comfortable. There was just a, a, a disorganized aspect to this Warriors team on both sides of the ball that's natural because they're playing without their quarterback on defense and they're playing without their best offensive player and uh, a multi-time all-star to future Hall of Famer in Stephen Curry. So I, I get it looks ugly. You're trying to make sense of it, but not having those players matter. And, you know, it's a bad look, and I think it's a bad look tonight when you lose the way that the Warriors did when you were competitive in some of these other games. But I also think, uh, unfortunately, right now, it's it, it's just – it's going to have to be part of the process until Draymond Green is feeling better and can get back out there on the court. And Stephen Curry hopefully can come back uh, a week from tonight after he misses tomorrow and, and misses the game on Monday. And the Warriors are going to wind up hitting the road and, and taking on the, the Miami Heat a week from tonight. I mean, at this point, the Warriors are just in hold on for dear life and try to win a game, uh, maybe whether it's you know, tomorrow or the Chicago game. I mean, that's the other part of, of where this team's at right now. No game is – and no game is, hey, that's the game they should get. And I think tonight indicates that. Uh, if you didn't already know that, I, I think maybe you might have gotten a little bit fooled by the competitive nature of the way the Warriors played in the two games against Memphis and the one game against Philly. Let's get to Jeff in Walnut Creek. Jeff is up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Jeff. Hi, John. Um, I just – this this is not a knock on Steve Kerr necessarily, but for a coach that preaches so much about how important defense is, when Draymond Green is not out there, this team completely falls apart defensively. And I just, I'm not sure when, when you have athletic players on the court like Andrew Wiggins, like Kelly Oubre, it just, I'm not sure what's happening where the coach talks about how important defense is, but for some reason that is not translating to the players unless Draymond is out there. And then as a, as a follow-up question, why did Eric Pascal not play tonight, especially if Draymond is not out there? That's all I got. I, I think, yeah, I appreciate the call. I'll, I'll answer the last part first. Eric Pascal right now is is out of the rotation. And I think you're right. You could make a case that that you'd want to see him get some minutes with Draymond out because you're you're down a forward, so another forward would play. Look, Juan Toscano Anderson right now is a better fit uh, for what the Warriors try to do, really on both ends, uh, than than Eric Pascal is. So Juan Toscano Anderson getting the start is is natural, and and that's something that that I think you know Steve Kerr has gone to really uh, since 
the third game of the season when you go back to the Warriors losing the first couple to Brooklyn and, and to the Milwaukee Bucks. Third game of the season, Pascal uh, gets taken out. Juan Toscano Anderson gets put in, and that's pretty much been the way that Steve Kerr has rolled with it. Uh, the problem is Pascal doesn't pair well with the other bigs. And, you know, he doesn't pair well with, with Wiseman when, when those two are out there together. He doesn't play well with Looney. When, when those two are, are out there together. And he doesn't play well, really, with Draymond when, when those two are out there together. So I think at this point, it's just hard to find the right combination, and you almost feel like you have to play him at the five to where he's going to be most effective. Maybe you play him and Juan Toscano-Anderson together, but right now Juan Toscano-Anderson is your starter. So that means you're going to be taking minutes away from from Draymond Green, I, I guess, at, at that point in time. So it's just a bad combination uh, of, of players. Uh, so it, it's, it, it's just it, – it's, it, it's all bad, and it leads to him taking a seat uh, on the bench. Now, I, I get where you're coming from where you say, well, why not throw him out there? Maybe he can he – can, you know, play some bully ball and, and score, get some buckets against a, a Kings team that, that can struggle defending from time to time. I think that makes a lot of sense. But uh, at this point, I think it's just about combinations. I mean, Steve Kerr's all about combinations, players that play well together. And right now, Pascal, even with Draymond Green out, uh, finds himself in a position where uh, he's just not He's just not in position to to get the nod. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM and HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. It's John Dickinson, and it's uh, Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game here as the Warriors lose to the Sacramento Kings, 141-119. to No Stephen Curry in this one, no Draymond Green in this one, and the Warriors now are under 500 for the first time since January the 1st. All right, let, let's go ahead and hear a, a little bit uh, from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, uh, following the ball game tonight. Uh, and uh, here, here's what Steve Kerr had to say uh, about a rough, rough night for James Wiseman. Hi, Steve. Hi, Kareth. Do you think James Wiseman could use a, a boost in confidence? Well, yeah, of course. You know, that was a tough game for him. He's 19 and it's the NBA and... You know, this is this is the way it goes. You gotta you gotta take your lumps. So, James is gonna get a lot better, but this is why we gotta play him. We gotta you know he's gotta be out there and earn you know get get those minutes and feel the speed of the game. And you know it just takes time, especially for big guys. What do you think are better ways to maybe unlock him? Just experience. He just needs to play. It's not about you know calling plays or or you know doing one thing or another it's just about playing you know when you know at this level the game happens so fast there's so much to process there's a reason that most guys who come in to the league you know without basically any college experience at 19 there's a reason they struggle look at Kevin Garnett when he came into the league straight out of high school. You think it went smoothly for him? It's just it's just minutes. It's minutes and exposure and, and experience and understanding that there's going to be some lumps. So everybody's just got to stay patient. It's going to happen for him. Uh, Steve, what area of his game would you expect him to improve quicker in the upcoming weeks and why? He needs minutes. The speed of the game right now uh, is the big adjustment, which it would be for any anybody in his position, but especially for a seven-footer. So as the speed of the game um, slows down, as he gets more comfortable with the pace and the speed and everything that's happening and the coverages and all the information that you have to process, uh, then everything will improve. It happens with all young guys, but particularly, as I said, you know, guys with no college experience, it's hard out there, but it's going to slow down and he's going to get much better. So there's Steve Kerr uh, talking about James Wiseman's night and basically saying, uh, that that it's part of the deal that that he just needs to play and work himself through it and and get used to the speed of the game. The the one part that continues to come up for me that that I find to be the most problematic is, is not the struggles, but it just it really seems like Wiseman is wearing it. It just really seems like he's wearing it. You know, every mistake. Uh, it it looks like, and again, I'm not inside James Wiseman's head, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to speculate or go far too down this path. I'm I'm reluctant to do that, but he just looks like he gets 
he gets really down on himself because he wants to play well, and it's almost as if he realizes in the moment uh, that the mistakes that, that he made, and, and then he knows at the same time that he can't go back and, and, and fix it right away. So then he's eager to not let it happen again, and then maybe that lo- you know creates another mistake, and then stretches of games can kind of snowball on him a, a, a little bit. And I, I think tonight the, the biggest part for me was the frustration showing again. It was kind of a rough – it was kind of a rough body language type of a game, I, I thought, for James Wiseman in what was, uh, I, I think you could make a case that this was among the, the, the worst games that he's played. Uh, I know he's had a couple against the Lakers that, that were struggles, but uh, he, he really, really had a, had a rough go of it tonight against Rashawn Holmes. Uh, and a tough go when he got some, some paint catches and, and touches. Uh, a, a rough go, uh, I, I thought, defensively. And, and look, for, for him, it's just a matter of, I, I, I hate saying this, and I know it makes some fans bristle when I do say it, but this is what development looks like. Development is making mistakes and, and bouncing back and making yourself a better player for it uh, as you move on uh, down the line. And I think the, the stops and starts really have hurt Wiseman, where he's in the starting lineup and then he's not, and then he starts to get rolling coming off the bench, and then he finds his way out uh, of the, the the lineup because he has an injury, and then he comes back and it takes him a while to get rolling again, and then you hit the all-star break and you think, all right, it's time maybe for him to, to get back into the you know, playing more minutes or get back into the starting lineup again, and then he has the setback with the COVID test, so he misses a practice, and he can't play until the fourth quarter of the Clipper game, and now he's in a funk again, and he's in a funk now where you have Steve Kerr basically anointing him as the starter. Like, go get him. And and so what you want is him to grab that and, and take it and move forward and, and just hold down that, that, hold down that role uh, and, and continue to get better. And I feel like there's almost maybe some added pressure that he's putting on himself at this point uh, because he's now the guy and he now knows that, that he's the guy and it's it's sort of sink or swim for him. So uh, best thing for him, I think, best thing for the Warriors, keeping it rolling and getting to play another game uh, in, in less than 24 hours inside Chase Center. Going to be going up against a better opponent than the Warriors face tonight. Uh, in the Sacramento Kings, but again, at this point, uh, at this point, it it really doesn't matter uh, the opponent when you, the Warriors don't have Stephen Curry, and then especially don't have Stephen Curry and Draymond Green. Eight uh, at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's go ahead and hear uh, a little bit more from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. Anytime uh, there there's issues with Wiseman. Uh, confidence becomes uh, an issue, and that is the next question. I touched on it, and here's what uh, Steve Kerr said about about Wiseman maybe needing a confidence boost. Well, yeah, of course. You know that was a tough game for him. He's 19, and it's the NBA, and this is the way it goes. You gotta you gotta take your lumps. So James is gonna get a lot better, but this is why we gotta play him. We gotta you know he's gotta be out there and earn you know get get those minutes and feel the speed of the game, and you know it just takes time, especially for big guys. Yeah, takes time. So uh, again, the confidence comes with with just playing. Uh, I, I think you know more minutes, and and so that's a that's a big part of, of what Steve Kerr uh, is trying to accomplish here uh, w- with him and with Poole and even with a guy like Nico Mannion. Uh, and look, it, at times it's gonna it's gonna be ugly. And, and tonight was a game where it it, it looked ugly. They they let De'Aaron Fox get going. De'Aaron Fox is playing at a high level. Uh, and and he goes for a career high, and and Tyrese Halliburton was riding uh, right there with them, and Rashawn Holmes was was getting after it, and uh, it, it didn't much matter the fact that Andrew Wiggins had a twenty point first half and and was aggressive because uh, the Warriors just weren't playing any semblance of defense uh, at, at the level that that they needed to play uh, in this game to to keep it competitive and and have an opportunity to win it. Uh, down the stretch. 888 Hey, you're going to want to hear what Kelly Oubre had to say in his post-game 
press conference uh, in Sacramento as Kelly Oubre did remain with the Golden State Warriors beyond the trade deadline. Uh, and he was asked uh, a couple of different times about his future. You're not going to want to miss uh, what he had to say. We'll hear more from Steve Kerr. Uh, we'll also have uh, who's hot and who's not as well. Still time for some phone calls as the Warriors lose to the Sacramento Kings tonight. Kings win 141-119. to 119. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Warriors wrap up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. All right, John Dickinson here rolling along. 888-957-9570. Kings beat the Warriors 141-119. to Warriors back at it tomorrow right here on 95.7 The Game as they will take on the Atlanta Hawks inside Chase Center. Dubs now 22-23 and uh, just... You know, quickly looking at the standings a little bit, uh, their hold on the 10th spot in the Western Conference is dwindling a little bit. Uh, as you look, uh, Sacramento picks up a game on the Warriors there. Uh, Memphis has been playing a little bit better since the Warriors uh, beat them. Uh, they've won three in a row since the Warriors won the first of that back-to-back -back, uh, six nights ago on Friday. So the Warriors now a game back of the Grizzlies, uh, who are in ninth, and Sacramento is now the 11th team. So they're the next closest team or the first team out uh, of the play-in tournament, and they are up to 20 and 25. They've actually won five of six. We talked in the pregame about how streaky the Kings have been this year. They've had uh, six of seven stretch. They've had a seven of eight stretch, uh, winning and losing. They've had a nine-game losing streak, and now they've won five of six again. They're only two games back. Uh, of the Warriors, although I, I do think the one thing the Warriors believe they have in their back pocket uh, between now and the rest of the year is they think they're going to be able to get it together, uh, get Steph back, get Draymond back, and even if they are developing Poole because he's a rotation piece and developing Mannion because he's the backup point guard and allowing Wiseman to uh, learn and grow, although there will be nights where he struggles, I think the Warriors do believe, especially with Kelly Oubre sticking around, that they've got enough to hold off, uh, whether it's Sacramento or the Pelicans or the Thunder or any of those teams, and still get a shot at making the postseason. And hell, maybe even have a shot to, to move up uh, and get into the conversation uh, as far as, you know, you get to the eight seed, you get two chances to win one game. You get to the seven seed, you get two home games with a shot to, to win one game uh, to get yourself into the tournament. So I think all of that at this point, uh, is still very much on the table uh, for the Warriors. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. All right, Kelly Oubre remaining with the Golden State Warriors beyond the trade deadline. Uh, that was the big news today, and I, I think the Warriors happy to have him. Uh, how does it pertain to, to next year? And, and you would think that the Warriors – uh, would want to keep Kelly Oubre uh, beyond the remainder of this year, uh, obviously with uh, 
not too many ways uh, other than a sign-and-trade to where they could now acquire another player in return uh, for him. Uh, Ubre, 19 points tonight, 8 of 17 shooting. Uh, interesting exchange. We want to play for you here. Uh, this chunk of Kelly Ubre sound where he was asked about the deadline and a lot of other things. Uh, Nick Friedel of ESPN, Anthony Slater, Wes Goldberg, all uh, posing the questions uh, to Kelly Ubre. So uh, let's hear from him. Kelly, are you hoping to make uh, the Warriors the team you're with for, for years to come? I would love that. At the end of the day, this is a business. We got through one step. The next step is, you know, giving my all to this team so that, you know, we can reach our goals this season. And then this summer, that's another step. So I'm just kind of in the moment right now. And I'm here. I'm a warrior. As far as the future goes, uh, I mean, you know, Clay's coming back and you know the ramifications there. Would you be comfortable staying with the Warriors if it meant coming off the bench next season? I can't uh, speak for the future, brother. So, I mean, you keep asking me questions like I'm a psychic. But at the end of the day, I'm growing. You know, I'm honing in on my skills in this league, and I can offer a lot more than, you know, coming off the bench. So, at the end of the day, this is, you know, this is my life. So, I can't tell the future. Only God can. Were there any talks with the Warriors about your future or, or you know, before no. the deadline or no? No? You're talking about the game? That would be great. Yeah. What, what – do you think was the kind of the defensive uh, problem tonight? Uh, they've had more force than us. Um, they played with a little bit more pace. Fox is obviously on a tear right now. And, you know, he's the fastest point guard in the league. So, you know, it's kind of hard to stop that when we're all playing on our heels the whole game. And, you know, it's just putting complete games together, man, so that we can, you know, own the tempo, own the pace, and pretty much just own the energy in the game. And I feel like they had, our, they had the upper hand like that tonight. Steve said that he still believes that you guys can make a, uh, a run here in this playoff push. Um, what do you think needs to happen for you guys to do that? We just need to make, you know, continue to formulate winning habits. There is an algorithm to, you know, the great teams in this league. And I've said that before, you know, we need to just make that a just consistent effort each and every night, playing together, making sure that, you know, we do the details, follow the scouting report, look at player tendencies and, you know, we just improvise together as a unit and, you know, we stay on one accord. And I think that, you know, we are slowly but surely, man, this is, is, is coming together. And I, I agree with it. And I believe so, too. Kelly, obviously you can't predict the future and we'll see what happens this summer. Um, but would you be willing to take less money? Bro, I'm, I'm not answering your questions no more. I'm sorry. Next question. Thank you, guys. Godspeed. Love is love. Kelly Oubre there uh, with the exchange uh, with Nick Friedel. A couple of questions uh, from Nick about the future. Kelly Oubre not exactly interested in talking about the future. I think maybe some of that is just the heat of coming off a game where you get thumped. But uh, all due respect to Kelly Oubre, uh, the game tonight is is far less relevant than the story of the day, which is that Kelly Oubre – remains a Golden State Warrior uh, between now and the rest of the season. And uh, Oubre pretty clear uh, in in not accounting for much or wanting to account for much with respect to his future. Uh, said got through one step, meaning he's still around, wants to get through the next step, talking about the remainder of the regular season, and then get to the summer uh, – Ubre asked, would you be comfortable staying with the Warriors if you're not starting? Uh, and he said uh, he said he feels he has more to offer, didn't want to predict the future. Uh, we're going to have to re-rack uh, probably the first half of, of that cut. Uh, but 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, kind of an alarming little stretch there. Uh, and, and the one thing about cryptic answers uh and 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 you know flat out you know disdain for the questions uh from Kelly Oubre and and we've learned this uh over you know time in in dealing with Kevin Durant and and obviously is he going to stay is he going to go that question isn't going away like that that question isn't going away and when a, a player doesn't want to answer it uh again you you respect his wishes but at the same time, 
when the Warriors make the decision that they're going to keep Kelly Oubre between now and the end of the season, uh, the future is what's on everybody's mind. And look, I know he can't say today 100% he's going to stay. Uh, It sounds like they haven't had conversations necessarily about the future or future roles or anything like that, which uh, I find to be surprising. Now, maybe that's just Kelly Oubre not wanting to get into that, not wanting to make maybe private uh, conversations public. So he's just covering uh, in that respect. But uh, some alarming, alarming answers, uh, I think, uh, from Kelly Oubre here uh, with respect uh, to his future. And then at the end of that, uh, growing so frustrated with the, the line of questioning from Nick that, that he says, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm not answering any more questions from you. So that, that's, that's an unexpected turn uh, <laughs> tonight because uh, I, I've thought really since we got past the trade deadline at, at noon this afternoon that, you know, this whole thing with Kelly Oubre would take on a little bit more of a, of a positive tone. Uh, but, man, that was, uh, that was a rough uh, and awkward and really headline-garnering back and forth that is going to be a major topic of discussion uh, not only tonight uh, but all day tomorrow here on 95.7 The Game and probably into the weekend and between now and the end of the season and beyond uh, because the Warriors determining that they were not going to trade Kelly Oubre at the deadline, I mean, that in essence, if you're the Warriors, you're 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 hoping at that point that he's willing to come off the bench. You're hoping at that point that that he wants to stay. You're hoping at that point that that maybe you've had some conversations, uh, hypothetically or not, about what maybe the future would look like. So, uh, wow, uh, again, uh, surprising turn of events uh, to say the least with respect to uh, those comments. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. 888 if you want to react to that uh, as Kelly Oubre uh, met uh, with the media here. Uh, and, uh, man, just uh, we'll run through a couple of these here uh, again uh, just individually uh, after playing that, that whole chunk uh, of audio. Uh, here's what Oubre had to say uh, talking about uh, the feeling of knowing if he's staying. I don't know the words, the right words to put it so that people don't spin it. But obviously, you know, it comes with the territory. I mean, this is a, you know, a pretty, I guess, important year. But, you know, I'm in a great situation right now. So all in all, man, I'm just happy to be here. So happy to be happy to be here, but happy to be here now. And I think it's interesting. We've had this conversation with Covey uh, from time to time. I mean, if I'm Kelly Oubre, I would not want to leave the Golden State Warriors now. Uh, by any means like I would want to be running with Steph and running with Draymond and running with this Warriors team to try and get them into the postseason and then letting the chips fall where they may in the offseason I also wouldn't be somebody that would necessarily be given a commitment uh, but I did find it surprising uh, that that he and again maybe just protecting uh, you know private conversations and not wanting them to become public uh, but man, uh, it, it, interesting here. Here's let, let's re-rack what what he had to say about uh, maybe coming off the bench. I can't uh, speak for the future, brother. So I mean, you keep asking me questions like I'm a psychic. But at the end of the day, I'm growing. You know, I'm honing in on my skills in this league, and I can offer a lot more than you know coming off the bench. So at the end of the day, this is you know, this is my life. So I can't tell the future. Only God can. That sounds like a guy that may not want to come off the bench. And, and look, he may not have to come off the bench uh, <laughs> because Clay Thompson may not be ready at the beginning of the year. But at some point, uh, you know, injuries happen and sometimes those things take care of themselves. But if the Warriors have Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green and James Wiseman next year, in all likelihood, he'd be coming off the bench. Uh, and that's a conversation that would have to be had uh, between the organization and, and Kelly Oubre. Uh, and it would have to be had, and, and he obviously would have to be cool with it. Otherwise, he would be looking to maybe uh, sign via free agency uh, with another team. So uh, interesting, interesting stuff uh, from Kelly Oubre tonight. Uh, he was also asked, again, the questions that are on everybody's mind. Uh, do you want to be here? Are you happier here? Would you come off the bench? The other one uh, was Nick Friedel of ESPN asking him uh, if he would potentially take less money. 
Bro, I'm, I'm not answering your questions no more. I'm sorry. Next question. Thank you, guys. Godspeed. Love is love. So that's it. Uh, we'll call it a night on that note uh, as far as Kelly Oubre goes here uh, and the Warriors uh, on to the next, on to the Atlanta Hawks. But, man, that's the, the one thing that I keep coming back to in situations like that is when, when, when you take that kind of tact, and, again, I'm all for honesty. I'm all for speaking your mind. I'm all for, for having a little bit of an edge and, and getting a little bit, you know, curt or perturbed or annoyed with, with a line of questioning. Like, I have no problem with that uh, for, from time to time. But the one thing that you un- have to understand when you do that is that makes it less likely to go away than more likely. And, and look, I'll be honest. I mean, the Warriors now are going to get questioned about this a heck of a lot more because now it's out there. Uh, him saying that there haven't been conversations about the future, him not wanting to get into next year, starting or not. I mean, the Warriors now are going to have to answer questions because if if it comes to light that you know maybe some of these conversations hadn't been had, then that that paints the Warriors maybe in a position where they're viewed as if they haven't done their due diligence uh, on this thing. So uh, interesting interesting stuff and a rough and awkward uh, close to uh, what was a rough and awkward evening for the Warriors themselves in Sacramento. Kelly Oubre stays. You go out and get thumped by the Kings, and now Kelly Oubre doesn't want to answer questions uh, about his future. And again, his prerogative, uh, but that doesn't mean that it's going away because – the truth of the matter and the rat on the table is, and I just, I can't say this more clearly. Kelly Oubre's future tonight at 1030 is more relevant a storyline than the fact that the Warriors without Stephen Curry and Draymond Green got hammered by 22 in Sacramento. Like, because that has to do with Steph and Clay and Wiggins and, can you be a championship contending team again? And if Oubre isn't willing to come off the bench, then they can't keep him. And if they can't keep him, how do they bring in another player to fill that roster slot? And if they don't bring anybody back to fill that roster slot, then how do they improve this team and get it back to a championship caliber level? So all those things are tied in hand in hand. We don't have the answer tonight, and we're not going to have the answer May 16th when the regular season ends, and we're not going to have the answer until they figure out when the hell free agency is going to be after the NBA Finals uh, are, are all said and done come July but at the same time that decision for the Warriors to not move him uh, it it will be looked back on if he winds up not staying and the Warriors don't have an ability to fill that spot on the roster with another good player that will be something that will be reviewed and discussed and gone over and over and over and over and debated as to whether or not it was a mistake uh, at, at that point. So, uh, yeah, rough, rough end to the evening and an awkward end to the evening, but there's no question uh, this thing isn't going away. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap-up with John Dickinson here on 95.7 The Game as the Warriors do lose tonight in Sacramento, 141-119. to 119. Rough one uh, for Golden State, rough one for James Wiseman. Uh, it was a career night offensively for Nico Mannion. He did score 19 points on 5 of 12 shooting. He knocked down five three-pointers, but uh, he was uh, a part of the issues that were everybody's issues for the Warriors in being unable to handle De'Aaron Fox tonight, who went for a career high on the Sacramento side of things, 44 points uh, in this ball game. Uh, for De'Aaron Fox. Let's get to uh, who's hot and who's not, uh, which is sponsored by Exergen. And uh, for tonight, uh, we'll give the nod to Juan Toscano-Anderson. Uh, haven't mentioned JTA uh, in the post game tonight, but uh, he played very well uh, in this one. Six of six, knocked down three three-pointers, 15 points. And it just seems like anytime he's asked to to be plugged in, when the Warriors are a little bit shorthanded, he he 
makes a positive impact on the game. And I know Steve Kerr has likened him to almost a, a Draymond Jr. Uh, type. Uh, and uh, I think that's what makes it so seamless for, for him to go into the lineup uh, when Draymond Green is out. And uh, he, he brought it tonight. Uh, and I thought he brought it in terms of trying to be a leader on a couple of different occasions when James Wiseman was, was really struggling at one point the uh, microphone uh, by the basket caught Juan Toscano Anderson, you know, telling him, you know, keep, keep playing, keep playing, keep, keep pushing through. And I, I think that's, that's big. Uh, I, I think, I, I think that's big. I think Wiseman needs veteran players, uh, even, even veteran players that maybe don't have the, the NBA experience of, uh, you know, a Draymond or a Steph, even a guy like Juan Toscano Anderson, that, that's been through it in terms of his journey to get into the NBA. I, I think getting that push from somebody like JTA, uh, it, it's beneficial because the one thing you worry about, I think, big picture with Wiseman, and, and really even short-term with Wiseman, is just him getting down uh, on himself. Like you, you want him to, to play with some of the aggression that, that he played with when he was clearly ticked off that he got benched against the Clippers. And, and it felt like that aggression carried him all the way through the Utah game. He played great in that fourth quarter of, of mop-up time, and then it, it filters right into the Sunday game uh, against the Clippers, and you want him to continue to play uh, with, with that level of aggression. Uh, or who's not uh, for tonight? Uh, it's got to be James Wiseman, uh, unfortunately. The 3 of 8 uh, really struggled uh, on the interior, just didn't look comfortable, uh, and uh, he's, he's going through what's been uh, a rough a uh, couple of games here as he's been inserted into the starting lineup. But uh, again, that's part of the deal for a young player. That's what player development looks like. It's it's going to be flashes of good, and you hope it, it leads to great at some point down the line. But player development at times is James Wiseman really struggling or Jordan Poole fighting his way through a 5-for-13 shooting night or Nico Mannion going for a career high on offense and then being among uh, uh, many in a small group of Warriors players tonight that got absolutely eviscerated by De'Aaron Fox on the defensive end. Uh, you got to take the good with the bad, and you hope you win a couple of games along the way, and I think all is not lost for this Warriors team, even though they do dip below 500 for the first time since January 1st, and, and it's not going to get any easier tomorrow, and Chicago – made the trade for, for Nikola Vucevic, uh, who's been a handful for the Warriors uh, this season in a couple of games with Orlando. He's now a bull, and they're going to see him on, on Monday night. But if the Warriors can, can figure out a way to bounce back and get maybe one of these next two before hopefully Steph comes back a week from tonight, a game under 500, a lot of games still in hand. If they get Steph, if they get Draymond back, they can still, I think, continue down the path of trying to win games for the remainder of this season and also uh, trying to continue to vet, to develop uh, some of the young players that they have moving forward. Uh, Warriors wrap up here, final couple of minutes uh, on 95-7 the game. Uh, let, let's hear a little bit more uh, from the post game, uh, and we'll hear from Juan Toscano-Anderson. Uh, mentioned the, the leadership uh, on display for Juan Toscano-Anderson relating to James Wiseman. And Juan Toscano Anderson addressed uh, what he told James Wiseman. I try to find value anywhere I can uh, on the team. You know, there's more facets to being a championship team or being a competitive team than just, you know, being on the floor. And so, like I said in the last interview I did, man, that kid's 19 years old. It's the NBA. It's the best league in the world. So many people are out there criticizing him, and I just don't understand it. And I'm going to stand on my words. Like, he's at the pinnacle of his his profession. I just feel like if you're not at the pinnacle of your profession, then why are you out here criticizing a 19-year-old kid? And so uh, I just stay in his ear, man. I tell him to have fun. He's worked so hard. His family has sacrificed so much, you know, for him to get to this point and achieve his dream. It's hard. Like I said, it's the NBA. It's the best league in the world. You're going to have ups and downs, and it's a learning curve for him. And so I just always continue to tell him to smile. Like, I'm still learning, you know, how to play in this league and so much more. So just enjoy it. Have fun. Because the fact of the matter is, you don't know how long you're going to be playing basketball. I will never, ever use anybody else in, as an example. So for myself, you know, my career could end tomorrow, could end the next day. And so I just want to go out having fun every time I step on that floor because it's fun. You know, we work.
work so hard to play in the NBA, play on TV, make great money and everything else that comes with it. So, you know, it's a game. You're going to have bad days sometimes. You're going to lose some games. And so he'll be all right, man. Like I said, I'm going to stand on my word. That kid's going to be a monster in years to come. Yeah, and I think everybody believes that that he's got the ability. It's just a matter of working through it. And I think having that that positive reinforcement is paramount for, for his growth. I, I think there will be a time where we're going to look back and it's going to be, man, remember, remember when James Wiseman struggled uh, against the Kings? Remember when James Wiseman struggled in this game or that game? And and you'll think, man, this. It, it, think about the way that Jordan Poole has been talked about the last, you know, maybe take the last two games out of it, but the, the eight or nine games before that uh, and the level that he was playing at looked like a completely different guy, more comfortable, game slowing down for him, just just look like he's grown up in the league. And I think those days are coming for James Wiseman. It's just going to take time. It's just going to take continued development. And it's just going to take the positive encouragement that that players like Juan Toscano Anderson and, and others uh, have provided him a, as he continues to grow. All right, that's going to do it for uh, me tonight. Uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow uh, here on 95.7 The Game, 5.30 with Warriors Live. Quick turnaround for Golden State, and I think they'll be happy to have it uh, as they are home for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, again, 5.30 right here on 95.7 The Game for the Warriors and the Hawks. We'll have Warriors Live for you. It'll be myself, Matt Kolsky is sitting in again for Ryan Covey as Covey has a couple of days off here. Jim Barnett will join us for that one, and then the Warriors are going to take on the Atlanta Hawks with tip-off scheduled for 7 p.m. And then I'll have Warriors wrap up for you after the ball game. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about Kelly Oubre Jr. and what he had to say post-game uh, in what was a strange and uh, awkward and uh, really, I, I would say, somewhat needlessly contentious post-game Zoom press conference uh, with him and the local media on a day where he winds up staying uh, as a member of the Golden State Warriors at the trade deadline. So 5.30 tomorrow right here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, that will do it. Uh, thanks to Sterling. Thanks to Sam. Thanks to Ryan Mauser as well. Uh, great job by one and all. Again, 5.30 tomorrow, uh, Warriors and the Atlanta Hawks. That'll do it. Kings beat the Dubs tonight, 141 to 119. And you heard it all right here in your home for Warriors basketball, 95.7 The Game. Good night.